want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram, Ask Adam Torres, to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signing, all that good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. Uh, excited to have Samira Norris on the line today. She is the VP of Partnerships over at Foot Traffic. Uh, Samira, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. I look forward to it. So a lot How of are things you doing go- today? Oh, all is well. So a lot of things going on um, in the cannabis industry and big hot topic here in California where I'm located. And I want to get more into what you're doing over at Foot Traffic and uh and uh, you know how that how you know your how you guys are expanding your business because I think it, there's a bit of a, a bit of a rush uh, to get things going in a lot of different industries and just so much opportunity there. Um, but before we do that, let's just start a little bit with your background. So, how did you get started in business? What inspired you? Actually, it's very interesting because. When I, I'm originally from Detroit, born and raised, and when I was about 18 years old, 17 years old, somewhere in 2007-8, I moved to Northern California, and I was going to school for psychology and business and just, you know, the the basic things that kids that age go to school for. And one of my friends walked up to me and they were like, why don't you start trimming? And I was like, what is trimming? And all of a sudden, you know, it. I was, uh, as soon as you know, it, I was on a cannabis farm and I dropped out of college and I started growing and um, trimming cannabis on, in the mountains of Northern California. Wow. That and, is a, that's a story. To, that's a story to entrepreneurship. So continue the story. I got to hear more. And my whole family and my circle of friends, uh, granted, I got a lot of criticism for dropping out of college and, you know, like working on a, working on a weed farm, basically, or multiple weed farms, if you will. Um, I've trimmed and cultivated all through Northern California, um, even in Humboldt County, Murder Mountain is a Netflix series would have it. I've worked there too, long before anyone knew about it. Um, so I was in that market, if you will, and it was way different than the cannabis industry is now because this is before cannabis went recreational or even medical for that matter. It was in the beginning of its medical stages. So I've been in the industry for a while and around, I would say five, six to Six to four years ago, I started seeing um, abnormalities in that side of the market and inconsistencies, meaning I would get a call for a job and they said the market was changing and my rates were going down and the industry's rates were going down because when I was cultivating, the standard rate was 15 to $20 an hour if you don't own the property. I was making between $35 to $45 an hour, sometimes even $50, because I'm that person who can walk into a greenhouse and identify exactly what's going wrong and how to treat the plant and how to save an entire crop. So I made a lot more money than most people who did the same thing as me just because I'm good at seeing abnormalities within any space or market or industry that I'm in. 
And I seen that and I was like, okay, I'm not sure what's going to happen to the cannabis industry. And I believe being an entrepreneur and being, um, just being anyone who does not struggle in this world, you have to identify these things and you have to position yourself for your future security. So I went to school again, just, uh, to be a welder, so I'm a certified welder and machinist because I thought, like, okay, welding is always going to um, be a very lucrative avenue, and I made it a point to specialize in stainless steel and aluminum, big TIG, ARC, dual-shield oxyacetylene, so on and so forth. You name it, I was certified in it, and, you know, I know how to work a lathe machine in the mill, all things metal. And I continued in the cannabis industry after I got uh, my certificates and things of that nature just because I made more money in it. And the whole point of me obtaining any metal training was to be secure um, if the market went south or, you know, I can do whatever I want if the market goes north. And I've had a social media background since the MySpace days, so since I was about 16, 15 years old, I've been a huge fan of social media. I had thousands of friends on MySpace and hundreds upon hundreds of people on AIM and Yahoo Chat. And this is like in Black Planet and back in the olden days where before Facebook even really was a thing. Uh, and I was, uh, I migrated to Facebook and, you know, um, I have ties with the music industry. So, one day I was working at a cannabis um, trim table, if you will, just trimming, which is the end part of the cultivation process, basically, or one of the end parts where you take a trimmer and they have scissors, they have a trim bin, and you put it on the table or on your lap, if you will, if you're using a trim bin, which you should, and um, you trim it and you shape the cannabis to a beautiful shape, and that makes it sell for more money at dispensaries and, you know, just to general cannabis users and buyers. Um, and that's just the way it works. So I was thinking one day the cannabis industry is going to need social media and other forms of marketing, right? And all the pe I told the people around me and they said, you know what, like, you're wrong. Like, we're not going to legalize that fast. If we do turn legal, it's, it's going to be a 10, 15-year process. And every year somebody says that we're going to go legal and we never do. And I didn't listen to those people. So part of my success was not listening to others unless they were right. That's my model. I will listen to you if you're right. And if you're not right, I'm going to wage my own path and I'll figure it out. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And that's fine. Just, you know, I'm usually not wrong. <laughs> um, I'm wrong sometimes. Everyone is. No one's perfect. Um, so... Then I got into social media uh, for cannabis, and um, that's how I ran into foot traffic. The CEO, Guillermo Bravo, contacted me because he's seen all my numbers and, you know, um, my reach and engagement levels. And he, was, he basically was like, hey, I would like to um, hire you on for social media and marketing for some of my clients who, are, who need it. And I was like, okay, um, let's do that. And he sent me the contract, and it was history from there. So that's how I started in the cannabis space. I've more so always been there. It's just 
transmutated over time into a different form because I changed along with the industry. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, about foot traffic. Uh, so what kind of clients do you work with and how do you help them? We mainly work with dispensaries and foot traffic. We're a dispensary marketing software and a dispensary marketing service agency. So we came into space end of 2016, early 2017, and we have been positioning ourselves to where the world and where the industry stands today far ahead of time. Because a wise man once said, if you see a bandwagon, it's already too late. And that is true. And we service a great deal of dispensaries in the cannabis space. And we help them by fulfilling all of their needs in marketing with our software. It provides them full transparency into every aspect of their digital marketing campaign. And not only that, but it provides the roadmap in which they need to enhance it in their future. So they know exactly what they're paying for. They know exactly what they need to do on a business-to-business level with us and an individual level with them and their team in order to fully make their their dispensary completely findable and um, and to have full transparency throughout all their campaigns. And they have access to their listings and analytics and everything of that nature. And on the service end, um, we provide SEO, website design and development, um, content, copywriting, essentially everything our clients would need to uh, fully grow and optimize in cannabis space in, and, you know, to win their local market, we provide them that. And not only that, this goes into my role with foot traffic. Through our partnership channel program, I'm the vice president of partnerships here at Foot Traffic. Um, we're, provide, we're providing our clients access to our partners and our partners access to our clients, if you will, because there's more components that go into a business than actually having a business or B, marketing a business properly. There's a bunch of different moving parts and especially in the cannabis industry, um, there's POS systems, there's uh, CRM systems, there's loyalty programs, there's uh, this, that, and the third, there's compliance, and there's all these different things that a dispensary needs to optimize and fully embrace in order to be the best dispensary that they can be, in order to scale with their local market and, you know, have market share in the regions that they're in. They need all these services, so that's what we do. Um, We call it a tech stack. So with our tech stack and our strategic alliances and partnerships, we're essentially providing our clients with a retail ecosystem so that they can thrive and, you know, they can be the best that they can be. And we put our clients first. That's how we grow our business. What do you find some of your, like, so you get a new client, you bring them in, obviously everybody's going to be a little bit different, but what do you find some of the things are that um, people are doing wrong when you first bring them on as a client? Um, The things that they are doing, it's, 
That's a great question, actually. The things that I see that are most common is a lot of it comes to their bud tenders, which are basically their customer representatives and their customer service providers and the people who are at the counters. You know, some people call them patient care specialists. They're actually called different things in different regions, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the same thing. It's customer service. And, you know, when you walk into a CVS and you're like, okay, I need I need body soap for a shower. Mm-hmm. There's this brand, that brand, and that brand. It's the same thing when you walk into a cannabis dispensary and you have a certain feeling that you want or you have a certain medical condition. Each strain has a different purpose. Like ACDC, for example, full-on CBD, it does not get you high. It It, it just literally heals your pain. There is sour D, you know, that is, that kills your pain and, you know, gets you high for a recreational level, if you will. Um, So there's thousands of different strains on the market. So the bud tenders, they not only need to know how to work the inner tech systems within that dispensary and the point of sales and, you know, systems and whatever you have going on, they need to be fully um, diligent to their customers coming in, to their patients coming in. They, they need to have a smile on their face, and they need to know the strains that they are selling and the products and the brands that they are selling. So the most uh, successful, the most successful um, dispensaries I have heard of and known in my industry they have an amazing team of bud tenders, and they have amazing aesthetics within their dispensary, such as great counters, um, hardwood floors, things of that nature, and great lighting. And another part is location, 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 which I can't stress enough. If you are planning to open up a dispensary or open up you know, another dispensary and expand your current roster of dispensaries, those dispensaries need to be um, strategically placed and analyzed, meaning they need to have a great parking lot. Um, there needs to be plentiful parking spaces. It's advantageous if you open a dispensary in a highly populated area that's um, very close to a freeway or an interstate or a highway, if you will, because that's how you're going to get the most quote-unquote foot traffic. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, Samira, if somebody wants to find out more information about foot traffic or yourself, what's the best way for them to get information? Um, the best way for them to get information, there's two ways. They can visit our website or they can email me directly, and I'll put them in touch with uh, whoever on whoever is on my team who can, you know, answer the question the best. So, our website is foottraffic.co, F-O-O-T-T-R-A-F-F-I-K.co, and my email is sumira, S-U-M-I-R-A, at foottraffic.co. All right. Well, hey, Samira, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your experience and your immense knowledge um, on the cannabis industry. Really appreciate that. 
And to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to leave me a review, uh, subscribe to the podcast, all those great things we do to uh, support our podcasters. So appreciate it. And thank you again, Samira. Thank you.